What is up? What is up? What is up? Everyone, everyone, everyone. It is another day, another time, and another week for Real Talk Monday. You all, I am excited for tonight's episode. I got my co-host on there with me, Miss Tevis. How you doing, sis? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. We have some more powerful guests on here with us on tonight, which y'all will get to know very shortly. But y'all know how we start Real Talk Monday. It would not be Real Talk Monday if we did not start the show off with a little bit of the theme song. So as this theme song is playing, what I want you to do is tag everybody, tag somebody, and let them know that Real Talk Monday is on. Let's go. What is up? What is up? What is up? Everyone, everyone, everyone. It is another day, another time, and another week for Real Talk Monday. jump off into a word of prayer, and then we're going to introduce these lovely guests that we have on here tonight. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that you have done and all that you are continuing to do for us in our lives. We'd ask you right now, Lord, to bless this show. Let something be said or let something be done that is a help to somebody on tonight. Get myself, Tevis, and all of these guests out of the way so that your name get glorified and your name get magnified. These are my blessings in your son, Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to turn it over to Tevis to start off with the introduction on tonight. Okay, well, of course, everyone knows me, um, Tevis, and of course, you all know that I've been here with James for some months now. You also know that I have my own coaching and consulting business, as well as my maternal health doula services. Um, and that's kind of what I do. I did get a job offer. So I will be working full time soon. Yay. So I'm very excited about that. Um, so other than that, um, I will pass it over to Dr. Courtney so she can introduce herself. Well, one, congratulations. Oh, yeah. that's so exciting. <laughs> I can't wait to talk with you offline about more details. Um, so hi, everyone. I am Dr. Courtney Williams. I'm a licensed psychologist based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I have a business called Willed by Wellness Counseling and Consulting, where our motto is owning our magic, one black girl at a time. And that will lead us into some of our questions for the evening. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much, Tevis, for reaching out to me to be a part of this conversation. I love talking about all things mental health, especially in the Black community. Um, and so I'm glad to be here with the other guests. And so I'm super excited for the conversation tonight. 
Thank you, Dr. Courtney. We're glad you're here. Um, okay, girls, please um, introduce yourself. Say whatever you feel like you want to say. If you just want to say your name and where you live, that's fine. But just whatever you want to say. If you have a business that you're doing, you can say that. If you want to talk about what you uh, when you graduate high school and what you're going to major in in college or what you desire to do, you can say that too. Now, I can call your names and we can just popcorn it. Whatever y'all want to do. Okay, call names and popcorn. Okay, go for it. Um, hi, I'm Kiari Beatty. Um, I'm 16 years old. I live in Nashville. I go to Antioch High School. Um, in the future, I would like to be an orthodontist or a travel nurse. So, and my plan to go to college, the college I plan to go to is Texas Southern. So, yeah. Um, my name is Ava. Tevis is my mom. Um, I'm 15. I'm going into my junior year of high school. I go to Antioch High. Um, when I graduate, I think I want to do something in the nursing. I'm not 100% sure yet, but yeah. Um, my name is Michaela Smith. I live in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I go to Greenwood High School. Um, I think I want to go to college at WKU and maybe major in social work or um, maybe become a civil attorney. Um, hi, I'm Ariana. I'm 16 years old. Um, I don't know where I wanna go to college, but I think I wanna do something in like the business part, but I don't really know yet. Awesome, thank you girls. Um, you definitely, um, are on the right track. So I wish you guys an abundance of success for sure. Um, as always, I give a disclaimer. Um, the topics that we choose to talk about are topics of choice. Uh, our experiences in no way are we trying to um, say our views are right or wrong. However, um, some things that we do talk about, statistics and studies are, you know, are proven by way. Um, however, um, we do hope that people grow and learn from our podcast. Um, so we are going to get into this topic. Um, we um, titled this show uh, Mental Health Monday. Um, and what we are going to talk about is Black Girl Magic and how um, teens view uh, mental health in our community. Um, Mental health is extremely important um, in many capaci capacities. Uh, my last job, we were definitely working on how to uh, dismantle the stigma around mental health in our communities. Um, most times, oftentimes, we talk about how, you know, if God can't fix it, nobody can. But like I tell everybody, um, God puts people in places and positions and jobs for a reason. We trust our doctors and our teachers and our lawyers, right? Why are we not trusting therapists and psychologists, counselors and coaches to be a support to our community, right? So um, we are going to get started. Um, anybody knows me knows that I am all about Black girl magic, Black girl joy, Black girl everything, um, I have videos of Ava when Black Girl Magic first came out talking about she's a black girl because she rocks in her little two or three year old boy. So this is how I've definitely raised her. So um, we're going to get to the questions. I will start, I guess, with the first question. 
Um, and girls, we can popcorn it, right? Um, and you guys answer, you know, with true authenticity. So um, the first question, when you hear Black Girl Magic, what do you think of? When you hear Black Girl Magic, what do you think of? When I hear Black Girl Magic, I think of being able to be in the skin that you're in, loving every part of your body and mind, emotionally, physically, all of that. Okay. I say when I hear Black Girl Magic, like, I feel, I feel like it's the outcome of us going through all our obstacles in life, just as being a black woman and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I said to me, black girl magic is like the power that black girls have. Someone who's like smart, phenomenal, capable, never gives up. Someone who's committed, someone who's educated and someone who's just gonna push through it all. And at the end of the day, we come out come out a beautiful black woman. Um, I would say black girl magic is just having that um, ability to persevere and um, bounce back when the whole world is against you and stuff isn't going your way. It's just being you and still continuing on. I love that. And I'm actually, one, I'm a crier because I'm a Pisces. So I'll just say that. But just like hearing all of y'all's answers, um, it's just really touching. Um, similar to what Tevis said, Black Girl Magic is the reason why I built my business by wellness. And so all I do is work with Black girls and women all day, every day for all the reasons that you mentioned and a lot of what y'all said, a lot of other Black women and girls say the same thing. So I feel like so many folks can relate to everything that y'all are talking about tonight. And um, there's even this video that I show in one of the workshops that I do um, where people answer that question, like, what does Black girl magic mean to you? And like, how do you embody that? So that leads to the next question. Like, what do you feel like your magic is? Like, if you could define that, it doesn't have to be in one word, one sentence, you know, it could be as long as you want it to be or as short as you want it to be. Um, but I would definitely retweet everything y'all just said about what you think about Black girl magic. So I'll ask the question again. What do you feel your magic is? Um, I guess I'll just start today, I guess. Um, my black girl magic is uh how well the gifts that God gave me, like playing bat me softball and being able to dance and loving every part about me. So yeah. You gotta tell me what's your like go to dance? Cause you know, I'm still trying to learn a Tamiya dance, you know. So if you can help me with that, I was trying to learn that over the break, over the holiday. It just won't. It won't click. Um, I don't really have a go-to dance, but the most dance I've been doing now is praise dance. So, so yeah. For me, I said my black girl magic is like my helping heart, 
my nurturing spirit, the commitment I have to people to carry out my curiosity because I've been curious about everything since I was little, um, my dedication and my intelligence. You sound like me because I ask a million and one questions all the time. I'm always like, but why though? But why? But why this? Why? And my parents and even my friends' parents always be like, Courtney, you don't need to know everything all the time. <laughs> but so I really relate to that, Ava. Yeah, my uh, niece and nephew used to call her repeats when we when she was little because she would ask a question and we would answer it. And then if she didn't get the answer she wanted, she'd figure out another way to answer it. And they're like, you're asking the same question. So they just kept calling her repeat for a very long time. So I told her one day that being inquisitive will, will take her far for sure. Um, I would say my black girl magic is just like remembering who I am and like not letting anyone try to change me to fit their standards or um, try and belittle me is just staying true to me. I think that that is very important, um, especially it always has been, but um, being that you all have everything at you all's fingertip right now by way of social media, your phones, your tablets, your computers. Um, so many times our young people, even old people, I can't even just say you guys get caught up in um, trends, get caught up in body image, get caught up in um, trying to be or look or dress a certain way, right? So being confident, this is something I always tell Ava, being confident in who you are and knowing who you are um, will take you far, right? We're going to always have people that's going to like us and love us and dislike us and hate us, unfortunately. But as long as you can stay true to you and be confident in who you are, your light's going to always shine for sure. Um, I would say my magic is like, being able to be myself through all like my comebacks and stuff that has been happening recently and just like throughout my whole life. I feel like that's why I imagine being able to come back and still be myself and still be regular in my skin and thoughts and all that other stuff. I love that. And I feel like I'm gonna answer this question too. Like if y'all was asking it to me, because I think that one thing that we do a disservice to black girls in particular is like to be humble. And I'm like, no, own your stuff, own your strengths, own the things that you do well, own your magic and, you know, just live in that. I am all in the like, take up space, take up all the space, right? Um, especially as black girls, soon to be black women. Um, and so sometimes it's easier to talk about like the critical things about ourselves, like the things that we're doing wrong or could be doing better or like we can be our own worst critics sometimes, a lot of the time. Um, so I really love this question and this conversation because we get to really um, highlight our strengths. I feel like we don't do enough of that. So I'm loving this conversation. And so if I were to answer that question for myself, I think my magic is a few things. One, I think I'm funny. 
even if no one else does. Um, I love dad jokes, corny jokes. I love uh, sarcasm. And, you know, I think I'm funny too. I think I'm really witty, quick on my feet. Um, one thing too, I'm also really persistent. Um, and I think that that's certainly embodied in all the years I've been in school. I didn't give up. And it got me to where I am right now, owning a business, et cetera, et cetera. So if I had to highlight two things, um, those would be it. James, you want to ask a question? Yeah, definitely. Before I ask this question, shout out and kudos to these young ladies that came on this podcast tonight. Because I can honestly say when I was their age, you couldn't get me to come on no podcast and talk about any kind of topic. And uh, But uh, this is amazing. So shout out to them for doing that. And uh, we talked about what is your magic. But now here's the next question. How do you embody black girl magic? How do you embody black girl magic? Hey, want me again. <laughs> I embody black girl magic by owning who I am and not letting anybody tell me I can't do anything off my mind to. Okay, okay. Um, I said... I embody black girl magic by like showing my natural hair, walking in confidence, my support, my belief in God, and the love that I have for my people. Yeah, my people. Um, I would just say like staying true to myself and again, not forgetting who I am or um, where I came from or what I believe in. I think I embody black girl magic by just loving myself <clears throat> separately from everybody else because self-love is the best love. So. Amen to that. All right. Tell us it's on you. All right, girls. Um, so the whole embodying Black Girl Magic, Ava and I had a conversation about this. Um, what do you mean when you embody something? How do you embrace it? How do you take it in? How do you hold on to it or let it shine out, right? Um, and as a 45-year-old woman, um, there's there, there's still challenges. You know, I know that um, Ava and Kiari and Ariana have went through what they've went through this their sophomore year of high school, which was crazy. But then I remember having a conversation with Ava saying it don't just stop in high school. And then a situation happened on my job with grown women and I was the youngest, right? So when when my CEO looked at me and said, why, why haven't you stepped into like who you are? Why haven't you just stepped into it? Well, I found that sometimes being 100% me um, people take offense to that or become intimidated by it, right? At this point in my life, I don't care. At this point in my life, it's so important to just let my light shine, especially if I know that I am in a space of supporting, empowering, embracing, and loving other people, right? And if, and if people get offended by how I move, how I move, 
then that's on them. That's something they need to work on within themselves. So I share that with you guys because um, I want you all to embody every wonderful thing about yourself and don't let other people's insecurity um, make you feel like you have to damper who you are at no point in your life. Um, especially if you're in a position to support and love and empower other people around you. Um, so um, I um, I kind of want to, I know this wasn't just like a question, but I want to know um, when you hear self-image, um, what, what do you think of? When you hear self-image, what do, what do you guys think of? I threw a monkey wrench because I know that wasn't one of y'all's questions, but self-image, what do y'all think? Um, I think self-image is always how you represent yourself when you leave your house and however you decide to represent yourself is the way people see your parents and how God is being represented on you. So I feel like representing yourself is always a good way for people to understand who you are by a first glance. Okay. Um, I basically agree with everything she just said. So, like, yeah, self-image is the way you view yourself and how everybody else views you and how everybody else views you has, it matters on how you take in God and how your parents do with you. Yeah, I would say also it's just your perception of you and um, how you want um, others to see you as well and yeah, just your perception of yourself. I think it's just how you see yourself. I don't feel like it's what other people think or what other people see or anything like that. Um, Dr. Courtney, can you speak on self-image? Do you feel like, um, so, so when I think of self-image, I definitely think about how I represent myself, not just my physical appearance, but my heart and my mind, my spirit. Um, but I, I have, I'm at a, you know, we often say, I don't care what they think about me. I don't care what they think about me. But in hindsight, sometimes we do care what people think of us, right? Um, which is kind of why we move the way we do sometimes in the world. So when it comes to self-image, but also how how what other people think of us how do you walk with teenagers or women um, when they're in that space because it's such a fine line we should care to an extent because we need we do need support and people to empower us and we want people in our circle that's going to lift us up and encourage us and talk good about us but also we don't need it to be to a point to where it's gonna like hurt us or make us lose confidence in ourselves and all that stuff. I know I said a lot, but hopefully you. <laughs> I, I got you, or at least I think I got you. And if I don't got you, then you could tell me <laughs> that I don't and we could clear it up. Um, but no, I think that's a really good point. And I think that's really honest to say that, yeah, you know, still at our big ages that things that people say or, um, sometimes other folks' opinions do matter, whether or not we admit it out loud or not. 
Um, I think something that I always try to um, impart on other people, no matter what age, it's it's about determining whose opinion matters and who doesn't, whose doesn't, because not everybody's opinion matters, right? Um, and I think we can get bogged down by all the noise because there's so much influence everywhere like social media tv shows you know trolls on social media uh people at school people in your family outside your family everybody um so it's important for you to discover for yourself like who's in, whose opinion really does matter to you and it's not everybody's um and I also agree with the things that y'all have said. So in terms of what is self-image, I do believe that self-image is you, like what you feel about yourself as a whole. But I do believe that that is influenced by external factors. And so um, I think back to my doctoral research. So. I'm a mixed methodologist where I'm pulling qualitative data, but also quantitative data together um, to tell a story of, um, basically to tell a story. I wanna hear not only what the numbers are saying, but what is the story behind the numbers. And so um, I completed a research study with similar conversations to this. And so it was in a focus group setting. And one of the questions that I asked was, how did you come to know that you were beautiful? And so a lot of the responses were, my mom told me, you know, my dad tells me every day, you know, I hear my sister saying X, Y, and Z. And so it's those messages that are instilled over time in us that help shape our self-image um, one way or another. And then I think the older that you get, the more you start to discover what are the things that you're going to take and like keep with you and what are the things you're going to like let go of and like um, that just don't align with what you believe that you are. Um, so that is my two cents. I hope that answered your question, Tevis. It did, and um, and you can ask that that question that you actually just spoke on. Yes, you did. So again, another curveball, y'all. Um, <laughs> so the question that I asked, you know, years and years ago when I was doing my research, was how did you come to know you were beautiful? So if you all were to answer that question for yourself now, what would you say? Um, how I came to know I was beautiful is my mom always telling me how beauty is within yourself and not how people, um, perception is of you, I guess. So however you view yourself and when you look at yourself in the mirror, however you view yourself, then that's how you will pour out onto others. Um, I know I was beautiful because my mom and my family always poured into me telling me how smart, beautiful, kind and intelligent I was. And just growing up, that's all I ever heard, as well as my mom, most mornings, we do affirmations to let us know, like, talk to ourselves and keep the word in our head and allow us to walk around with our head up.
I would say for me is just um, being closer to God and knowing that I was put here for a reason. I was made the way that he wanted me to be made, I would say. Um, I came to know that I'm beautiful because, well, I don't know really. Um, you know, your parents always grow up and tell you that you're beautiful and stuff like that. But I feel like it's more just like growing to your body and your face and just having self-confidence and stuff like that. For, for sure, for sure. Um, and so everything that you all said definitely makes a lot of sense. You know, hearing it from other people, like our family members and things like that, folks closest to you kind of saying that over and over again, um, help us to believe it to be true. And then we start to then internalize that and believe it to be true for ourselves. Um, something that also came out of my research way back when was the influence of social media on things that we believe about ourselves. So I had some folks answer this question at that time. And in addition to folks saying, yes, you know, my loved ones, my family, folks also said the DMs. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> so social media was also like a big theme that came um, out of that research too. So I, I don't, doubt that social media has a big influence on standards of beauty, what we believe and all of that. Um, so I'll just leave it there. I'll just leave it there. And if anyone wants to pick up. I do. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, you know, social media does have a lot to do with um, hairstyles and facial features and body image and how we dress and you know, what beauty looks like to the society, to society or to the world or to a certain group of people. Um, but Dr. Corey, I guess this is kind of for, for you. Do with you working with teens um, when it comes time to kind of talk about boys and, you know, how um, um I'm trying to talk about it without talking about it. But you know how boys are in our ears, right? Um, is there any advice that you give your teenage girls um, when it comes to whether they're dating because they can, because their parents allow them to, or they just have guy friends? Whatever that case may look like, is there any conversation that you have with the teenagers that you talk to when it comes to boys and um, clarity in you know, when he's just a city slicker trying to get what he wants versus a true genuine boy and and how you should kind of um, use discernment to to kind of filter through those those conversations. So I think one thing that makes me unique in my role is that I'm not a parent. So the way that I connect with teens is going to be different than how parents are going to connect with teens. I think parents oftentimes can come from a advice giving, let me tell you from my experience perspective, and that's not how I come. Um, I think, you know, one of the 
well, I'm not going to speak for all therapists, but I know that there's a lot of therapists out there just as a standard that do not give advice for different reasons. Um, but what we do is help, um, in this case, teenagers kind of explore like their decision-making process, their values. Um, and that's essentially what I would do in this case um, to help understand what those things look like for them. I think it's also important for me to know kind of what the messages and expectations are among the family unit, because that is naturally going to influence how the teens that I work with are moving. Um, and I think for me, when I'm having these conversations with my teens that I see, it's a delicate balance of also having conversations with the parents too because I want to be able to invite candid conversation with teenagers while also understanding that they're minors. But confidentiality is such a big component to just therapy. And so for me, I think it's important for me to have that conversation from the beginning to understand kind of what the limits and bounds are going to be for the conversations that we have by having that conversation with the parents too. Um, but for me, it's also helping the parents to have an openness and a willingness um, to be transparent, to be vulnerable with these conversations too. Um, oh, I'm reading the chat, I'm getting distracted. Nope. Nope. Stay focused, Courtney. <laughs> Stay focused. <laughs> so it's also um, a lot of conversation with, with the parents, too, around how to even navigate these conversations with their teens. Because sometimes it's the parents' approach to the conversations where they feel like they're not getting much movement and they don't really know what's going on. It's because the approach needs to change. Okay, thank you, thank you. Um, so I think um, we will step into a little bit more of the mental health conversation. Um, James, if you would like to ask the first question. Just So let's get into this mental health discussion on tonight. What do you know about mental health? What do you know about mental health? Um, something I know about mental health is something that people go through throughout the U.S. and people seek help sometimes or not. People go through emotional, physical, and spiritual mental health. Some people go through like different things, I guess. Um, okay. um, for me, what I know about mental health is that it plays a big role in a whole bunch of people in the world now, especially as teenagers. And it's like very important and very like you need to be aware and be focused of yourself, the people around you, especially the ones that you're close to and you love because it plays a big role now. Yeah, um, I would say it's just a uh, mental health is like it's very crucial and important. Um, especially for like growing teenagers as well as adults. I don't know much about mental health, but I know that 
a lot of this generation that we grew up in, like kids are getting depressed or like feeling down in themselves a lot. And like, I don't know if it's like different types of depression or what, but that's what a lot of people feel like they have, but maybe it'd be something else. I think for, for sure, um, all of that. I think one thing to mention is we all have mental health, no matter like where you are and where you are. We all have mental health um, and the way that we take care of our mental health can look different. Things that affect our mental health may look different. And, um, you know, what we say about our mental health can look different. And, you know, what's been said about different types of like mental health conditions. Yes. So there are so many different uh, mental health conditions. And I think that there, you know, there's different types of depressive conditions. There are different types of anxiety conditions. And, um, you know, I could go on a soapbox about all of that, but um, I say all that to say that, yes, you are right. And to kind of piggyback off of that, um, Ariana, I think you were the one that was talking about different types of depression and, um that essentially there are folks struggling, you know, that is a real life thing. And so I'm curious, just hearing from y'all, how do you think that folks can support teenagers um, in particular who are struggling? Like, what are the things that we as adults need to do? Me as a therapist, what should I know? You know, what should the parents know? How can we do a better job of supporting um, use of supporting teenagers, period, and when it comes to folks who are struggling? Um, I say um, that y'all can help us with, like, having places for us to, like, talk, like, talk to people about, like, I don't know, like, things that's, like, calming to us, that's, like, second nature to us like we're easy to adapt to you and you're like we know that you're able to receive what we're saying um and able to understand what we're going through instead of just saying like we're kids or something like you really can understand and you can actually feel it through you too that how we feel um i would say it's either you can't or you can't help because some people they don't want to be helped at the same time, even if you try to help, there's certain people who, like, me, for example, like, I don't like, it's not even that I'm not comfortable, but, like, telling people how you feel, like, it makes you feel some type of way, or it's just, like, you don't want to tell because you don't know how people will look at you, or, like, things like that. So, I feel like it's either you can help or you can't, but I feel like parents and um, therapists, they can always try and find ways to like make you feel better and make you comfortable enough to talk to them even if it's to like a certain extent and it's not much but you can like get words out of them um <clears throat> i would say just being open and listening like not trying to add in your like two cents essentially like saying well 
you don't have to pay bills or you don't have to, you know, you, what are you depressed of? It's just listening and just being open and being aware um, and not trying to comment too much. I feel like y'all can help us by just, I just having a friend really like, that's really just having a friend to be real, being able to talk to somebody without having to hold nothing back or no walls or boundaries, just being able to talk freely and talk about anything and how I'm feeling any time of the day, like a mom, really. Yeah, yeah. Everything that you said, what I heard in synergy among all four of y'all was, I want to be heard, right? Like, I want to be heard. And that is, that seems so small, but it's so big because sometimes we listen to respond, right? As adults sometimes, and we don't really hear what's going on. Um, and so, yes, feeling heard. And also what I heard you say was feeling validated. Um, because sometimes it's easy to dismiss uh, a teenager's concerns as being minimal because they don't have adult, like they're not out here adulting or whatever. <laughs> um, and so I think that, you know, for sure, we can do a better job of validating y'all's experiences, letting you speak your truth and letting your truth be your truth, no matter what it is and not clouding it with like our own perception of what it should be. Um, so I hear y'all loud and clear. And that's like an ongoing theme that comes up in a lot of the work that I do with Black women and girls from age 13 all the way up to, you know, older than your, your moms. Um, and so what I hear every client say is the reason that they come to see me is because they're not feeling heard, they're not feeling validated in the other spaces that they're in. Yeah, um, definitely the common denominator between each of you guys is uh, wanting to be heard. And I, I can speak from a mom perspective um, that yeah, sometimes we don't get it right. Um, sometimes we spies out and then we come back and try to have the conversation. And sometimes you guys are like, nope, I tried. I'm shutting down. I don't want to talk about it. You know, um, I think each relationship with mom and daughter is different. Um, Ava and I have learned to create boundaries. We fall short sometimes, but we, we try to revert back to them and, the main thing is listening to each other, right? Showing her respect, her showing me respect. Um, some a big conversation we had um, just last week. Excuse me. Is sometimes I think that um, you guys feel like we should treat you guys as equal. Um, respect, yes. Um, love and many things. But we are 35 and older for a reason, because there are things that we have experienced in our life that maybe you all haven't. 
We do have advice sometimes just to be able to give you guys a guiding light, not telling you this is how you should do it, right? Um, but there's not going to always be that equal ground. We are mom for a reason. We had you guys. You all didn't have us, right? Not that you all have to take our advice. We do hope that you do take a lot of it, but that's just trying to save you guys. But me as a mom, I also know and have to had to acknowledge that you all have to make mistakes. Um, you all have to learn, right? We can't always save you guys from everything. But what I want to get right is making sure that I always hear you guys, right? When you guys talk to me. Um, y'all know I fuss. Y'all know I can be loud and crazy and silly and not so happy sometimes with some of the things that you guys do. But at the end of the day, my hope and prayer is that everybody, all of you guys are feeling comfortable enough to talk to me about stuff, right? Um, I know I'm considered the uh, overprotective mom or the mom that does too much, but at the end of the day, it is for y'all's safety, right? Um, I know that I had a mom that was a listener um, greatly. My mom was my best friend growing up. Um, and I think that's says a lot. And that was the same relationship that I wanted to have with my daughter, right? Um, we love you guys so much that we want to protect you guys from so many things. And we know that we can't, right? And when you guys hurt, we hurt. Um, but hearing that common denominator, uh, you all wanting to be heard and not being judged and um, sometimes needing the friend mom and not the mom mom, I can, I can relate to that. You know, oftentimes I tell Ava I'm mom first and then friend, but there's so many people that hear us and see us talking like, like, oh, y'all have such a good relationship. Y'all like friends, but she know I'm mama first, right? Um, because I have to be, right? I have to be mom first because that is the role, my first role for her. Um, so sometimes to step back and think about... Um, how you guys say things to moms, right? How you guys approach situations with the adults that are in your life that love you guys so much. Um, and I guarantee that they all want you guys to be honest with them, right? And I think the more that they feel that you can be, the lesser aggressive or angry they'll be um, when you start sharing, truly sharing some truths. Um, so I think there has to be a uh, great conversation between mom and daughters or mom or dads and daughters, whomever your person is. Um, there has to be trust definitely, um, definitely between you guys. Um, thank you guys for sharing that. Thank you guys for sharing that. Um, Dr. Courtney kind of taking us back a little bit. Um, what are some of the, uh, the top maybe three or five, mental health concerns do you see in Black teens right now? Great question. Um, something that I see a lot are like interpersonal concerns, whether that's like bullying, adjusting to um, a new environment, friendships, you know, friends one day, not friends the next. Um, and just kind of adjusting to the ebbs and flows of what that means at, at that age and at that stage. Um, and that can be really hard, you know, just dealing with those transitions. Um, I think that can take a really big 
toll on our mental health um, because, you know, we're social beings, like we thrive on connections with others. And so if that feels unstable or if it does, doesn't feel secure, um, that's definitely going to impact other things, you know, that's going to show up in um, other relationships, it's going to show up in how we show up at school. Um, so that definitely can take, um, you know, can take an impact. Um, some of the other things that I see as well um, are depression and anxiety of different forms. Um, I do think that that is a rising concern in teens. I think especially as we're having more and more conversations like this, folks are beginning to educate themselves on certain language to describe what they're experiencing. Um, I think, was it? Someone brought this up a little bit early in the conversation that made me think about like, um, there's still stigma around mental health and like what that means and asking for help and all of those things. And, you know, I want to talk about that too. I want to put a pin in that because I think I need, we need to circle back to how stigma definitely influences how we even talk about mental health. Um, or even reach out for support from somebody like me, a therapist. Um, but I would say those are the biggest concerns. So interpersonal concerns, depression, um, and anxiety. Um, and transitions. Transitions is another big one. a new school um, or adjusting to like other pieces of the stage of life that folks are currently in. Okay. Um, so girls, how do you all view therapy? If your mom said, I think that you should try therapy or do you feel like you could go to your mom and say, hey, I think I need therapy. How do you view therapy? Um, if I was told to, that I was going to therapy, I would look at it in a positive way because everything has an end goal. So whenever I am not able to express to a, fam a family member or a parent, there's always somebody else to talk to that can help me in anything that I need help in. Um, For me, I've been to therapy. Like, I've had it. And like I said earlier, it can either help or it can't. For me, it helped with the basics, but I'm the type of person who, like, I don't feel comfortable talking and telling people, especially people I don't know necessarily, how I feel, oh, not how I feel, my business and stuff. So, like, with the things that, like, it's like you can just talk to people about, it was helpful because, like, she understood and she could help me, like, with, like, calming, my, calming me and, like, a diet and stuff like that but like my actual business like I could tell her some things but like if she would ask something else I would feel weird because like I don't really know you so why would I feel all the way comfortable telling you personal things about me and I don't know like you know so like yeah um I just would say it's just um 
therapy is like a way to share your side without um, being confronted negatively, just so you can have someone to just listen and try and help you out professionally. Someone who has the degree and who can understand you more. I'm a little bit iffy about therapy because I feel like that's that's a lot, to be honest. I don't know what you do in therapy. I know you talk and stuff like that, but I wouldn't feel comfortable telling people stuff about me because if I was telling a therapist something, it's something like that really bothered me, like emotionally, all that. So I wouldn't feel comfortable telling somebody I didn't know. Yes. Yes, all of that, all of that. I mean, I just want to validate that because your your concerns and like your caution is, you know, well warranted. I don't think that y'all are wrong for feeling that way. Um, there's a lot of people that feel exactly like you feel like, I don't know this person, why I'm gonna tell them on my business. Um, and I think that's how a lot of people perceive therapy. Um, which is one of the reasons why I became a therapist. Um, I think that there are a lot of different reasons why there is a mistrust in therapy. I think that there are historical components to that. Um, I think that there are cultural components to that. Um, You know, I think that going back to what Teba said a little bit earlier, there are a lot of myths about what therapy is or what people should be doing when they are distressed, like just pray it away Um, or, you know, there are different things. I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, But in fact, there are so many myths that I even created a worksheet on the myths of therapy that like lives on my website because there's so many myths about therapy. And so I think a part of my job is to debunk some of those myths, like um, the ones that are named here and also um, named in other spaces. But a lot of people don't know what therapy is, what it looks like. And I think that certainly creates this like fear or like disconnect that it's not for me. And um, I think when we're talking about mental health services or seeking support around mental health, it doesn't just have to be therapy. There's so many different there's so many different ways where we can get at the same outcome. Um, and I think that's why I offer so many different types of mental health and wellness services, because one-on-one therapy may not work for everyone, and especially talk therapy, especially for my teenagers. Y'all like to talk to me, not a whole 45, 50 minutes. Um, So it's definitely being creative, using a lot of expressive arts. You know, I don't like talking at you. You know, we may have some conversation, but that is definitely not the whole therapy hour because um, I know if my attention span is short, y'all's are also probably just as short as mine. Um, And so definitely want to engage the mind um, in different ways other than talk therapy. 
Um, Dr. Chi, I think there's a question that was asked to you too, Dr. Courtney. Yes, so the question is, can you share the process? Like, is it important for the therapist to build a relationship with client? For sure. I even tell folks when they are first meeting with me, those first eight sessions are going to be critical in building that trust and rapport. Um, sometimes that's what it takes just so that you get to know me and my style and how I move and how I show up and the same thing for you. Especially with my teenagers, it's really about building that bond, but it's also for me, takes a lot of transparency for me as a therapist. Um, what I found in working with teenagers is it makes it easier if it doesn't feel like y'all are the ones doing all the sharing. So it's also important for y'all to know like, hey, this is about, this is a little bit about me too. This is like my background. This is what I'm coming with. Um, so I don't feel like a complete stranger. Um, because it is hard when it feels like you're the only one like sharing and like this person that you're sitting across from is like this mystery. Um, so that's a part of the getting to know you, building rapport in the beginning. And that rapport building is ongoing. Okay, we are coming down to the end. I'm going to shoot down to the multiple choice questions um, just to kind of loosen up a little bit. Um, one of the questions is, what are things you can do to support your mental health? A, pray and meditate. B, do things you enjoy. C, ask for help. D, none of these. E, all of these. Yeah. I agree with them. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Okay. Um, another one is what are things you can do to make sure you remain confident in your black girl magic? A, affirm yourself daily. B, surround yourself with like-minded teens your age. C, when you're not feeling yourself, ask for help. D, none of the above, none of the above, E, all of the above. E again, in my opinion. Okay. Everybody agree with E? Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I know y'all's time, teenagers, is precious. We could keep going for real for a little bit longer. And I don't know Dr. Courtney's schedule, but me and James sometimes run over. However, I want to keep us in our hour, as I promised you guys. Um, what I would like for us to do right now, uh, and I want the teens to go first. Um, if you had a friend that was experiencing a crisis and they came to you for help and support, I don't want to really give a scenario because I think it'll drag us out a little bit longer, but if they had a mental health crisis, um, how would you support your friend? Like truly, how would you support your friend? Well, I did have a friend that um, struggled with mental health 
issues and I was just comforting. I would check on her every day. I was with her every day. So I just was the person that she didn't have that she wanted to talk to. I was just that shoulder for her to cry on, talk to, etc. For me, I feel like if a friend was to come to me, I feel like if they came to me specifically, that means a lot. So I know that I need to be there. And like I said earlier, I'm like a caring person. I have like, I can feel other people are feeling and stuff. So like if they came to me, I'd make sure that I was there and I allowed them to get whatever they needed to get off their chest off. And I would try to comfort them and help them to feel better. Like just like make it better in the best way possibly that I can. Uh, yeah, I would I would like just say having giving them your full attention and um, actually wanting to help, like not trying to, well, be like, you know, oh, you'll be OK. And so just like wanting to and having giving them your full attention and just making sure they're OK, checking with them every day and um, including them in things and activities you may do and just giving them your attention again. I would just try to be the person they need me to be there just for, I'm sorry. I would try to be the person that they need me to be for them, like with their mental health and different things like that. Try to check on them a lot. Not, I don't want to be like hovering over them because I know they're going to be like, well, just a whole lot. So I would be trying to be my regular self, but also like still pushing to, do a little bit more and ask them a lot and just be there. You're muted. Tevis, you doing a daisy. Thanks. Um, Dr. Courtney, do you have any last words of support or advice or even if you have a question anything that um anything anything that you want to want to say yes one thing that i do want to um speak on is you all just in the short time that i have gotten to know you all seem like really um self-aware compassionate and caring girls um, and so this question about like, how do you support a friend in need, I think is so important. And so I would imagine that you all would try to show up in the best way that you can. And while doing that, I also want you to hear that you don't have to do it alone. You know, if there is a friend, I would hate for you to feel like you have to be the sole support or like secret keeper or like carry it all on your shoulders. Um, and I think that, you know, mental health crisis, there's, that comes on a spectrum. It could be from someone being stressed out to someone having like active thoughts of suicide. So it could be any of those things. And so I think, especially as I imagine the suicide prevention work that I've done, things like that, I strongly, strongly recommend that you do not 
keep solely to yourself, especially if you do know that there is someone in need in that way. And that is not your responsibility to hold that all on your own. Um, that's why that there are people like me who are trained in suicide prevention and risk assessment and things like that so that you don't have to do that alone. Um, I know sometimes it can be the easiest point of contact to have someone like a friend reach out in that way. But I really just want to say that out loud, um, especially as y'all being growing Black women. Um, I think sometimes that we are socialized to do is like to carry it all on our shoulders. And so I want to like interrupt that narrative that you have to do it all yourself. Right, right, right. I think Tevis is having a little bit of internet issues right now. But um, this has been a great discussion. Uh, I do see that she is back. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but um, this has definitely been an amazing can discussion. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. We can hear you. This has been an amazing discussion. And before I go too far, I want to... Number one, give a shout out to these young ladies that came on here and were so open and vulnerable on tonight. We definitely want to show them some love and show them appreciation for coming on here. As well as our therapist, we want to give her a shout out for taking time out of her day and coming on here. And to the woman who, without her bringing this topic up, this topic wouldn't even been discussed on World Talk Monday. Miss Tevis, I want to shout her out for this. She is always the one. She is always the one that her and Daisy come at me with some different ideas for the show. And what I've learned is to give them free reign and let them win it and trust their judgment. And, uh, they haven't stared me wrong yet, so I definitely thank them for being so open and uh, thinking outside of the box, because conversations like this are definitely needed. Right, right. Well, thank you. Thank you, James, again, always for the platform to be able to, to share my thoughts and uh, my experiences. Dr. Courtney, thank, I'm thankful that I met you. Um, love the work that you do for our people, our girls, our teenagers, um, shining. And to all you teens on here, you guys know I love you unconditionally. I know I get on y'all's nerves, but y'all also know it's out of love. Um, thank you guys for being brave today and being a part. Um, thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being honest. And thank you for letting your light shine. Mm -hmm. um, if there's not anything else, I guess we can wrap it up. Um, Dr. Courtney, if you have anything that you want to share about your businesses that are coming up um, that you would like our platform to know about so they can support you as well, this is your time to share. Awesome. Yes. And I put this in our private chat, but I also want to share out loud, like this was the best, the best part of my day. Like literally, um, I really enjoyed this conversation. 
Um, and so just to share a little bit about my business, it is called Willed by Wellness, um, as in strong willed by wellness. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Willed by Wellness, LLC, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I do also have an IG live series. It's called, it's coming up. Um, starting next month, it's called Candidly Court, where we are having uncensored conversations um, around the lived experiences of Black women and girls and mental health just in general. And Tevis is actually going to be our first guest <laughs> next month. So don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Willed by Wellness LLC. And Tevis is going to be the first guest on my new IG live series called Candidly Court. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So y'all make sure y'all tune in to that. Also, as we've already announced in previous episodes, Will Talk Monday is nominated at this time for a Music Love Award. If we go over to www musiclovewards.com and go to podcast of the year you will be able to vote for us as many times a day as you want the voting is unlimited and i'm just loving what i'm seeing right here this image right here is just amazing mother and daughter right there on the screen together i'm loving that Thank you. I, I'm thankful for each of you guys. As you all know, um, if you all know any mommies or families that are expecting, please send them my way. Um, if you know any teens or any schools or programs that need to learn more about maternal health, please send them my way. If you know any early child care programs that are needing a little bit more support by way of coaching and consulting, leadership and organizational development, please send them to me because I'm still going to be working part-time. I got to keep the business going no matter what. So um, if you all know anyone in those areas, definitely send them to me for sure. All right. And as I always say, as we close out, sometimes our disappointments are nothing more than God's appointments, meaning sometimes if we're looking at it's bad, God is only turning it around for our good. Stay blessed, be blessed, and be a blessing to someone else. And we'll see y'all on the next episode. Tune in to the podcast at 12 midnight. Peace.